Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, Jesus today calls himself the good shepherd. And he is the good shepherd precisely because he lays his life down for his sheep. And yet you already know this. You already know that Jesus is the good shepherd. You already know that he laid his life down for you. You already know that he saved you from the jaws and the fangs of that wolf, the devil. You already know that Jesus has won the battle against Satan, that he has forgiven all of your sins, that he has conquered death, that he has picked you up and placed you around his neck to carry you home. In fact, you've probably heard and memorized this text more than any other. And probably the first image that comes to mind when you think of Christ is of him as a good shepherd. If there's any image that dominates Christian art, it's the image of Jesus being a shepherd, holding a lamb. You've learned to sing this as a child when you sing, I am Jesus, little lamb. You already know all of these things. You heard the same exact text for the third Sunday of Easter last year and the year before that. And you're going to hear the same text next year and the one after that and after that and on and on. And the question is, why? Why so much? Why consider this every year? Why hang up artwork around the church with Christ as the good shepherd if you already know it? You're not really learning anything, right? You came here today and you haven't heard anything new. So why did you come to church? And what's the purpose of coming to church if you already know what the sermon's going to be about? Why come to church if you already know that Jesus is the good shepherd? Why hear this text year after year after year if you already know it so well? If this is just the one image that will not leave our mind. So what's the point? The the thing is, is that these questions are indeed temptations to us. The saying goes, familiarity breeds contempt. So Jesus as the good shepherd, Jesus as the one who lays down his life for the sheep, as the one who saves us from the wolf, is such a familiar passage of scripture to us that we risk the danger of passing over it, the danger of devoting little to the words, little thought to the words and the meaning of this text. And this is the danger that we Christians fall into, the temptation of glossing over the word of God. In fact, the longer you've been a Christian the more you know God's word and the greater temptation you face in thinking that you know it all. You're tempted to let the word go in one ear and out of the other. You're tempted to think, look, I already know this. I don't need to spend an hour of my life learning something I already know. Tell me something I don't know, right? Uh, Sadly, this is what a lot of people do with the small catechism. They get confirmed They think they know it all, and then they toss the catechism under their bed, never to be opened again. Uh, If this is you, repent. Go back and relearn the Ten Commandments. Go back and read and, and learn the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Baptism, Confession, and the Lord's Supper. Go and meditate on these things day and night. So this happens not only with sermons, right? It also happens with the hymns and the liturgy. We think that we... Look, I I know these hymns, we've sung them so much, we've repeated them so often that I'm starting to remember what they say. That's kind of the point. 
Or we think, look, I know this liturgy like the back of my hand. I've sung this since I was a kid, so give me something new. Let's sing another setting, another thing. Let's change it up. Let's do something else for once. Why all of the repetition? And worst of all, we begin to do this with the Holy Gospel of God. And this is such a great temptation that we face. That the more you hear the gospel, the more tempted you are to take it for granted. You see, as sheep, we not only face the trouble of getting into church in the first place, but we also face the constant trouble of straying from the church. We have trouble staying in it. Not only were we born away from the arms of our dear Father in heaven, but we also constantly try and wander away from him when he brings us back. This is exactly how Isaiah speaks of us. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. So we have this tendency to wander away from Christ, from his word, from his service, from his voice. And as you already know, the gospel text teaches us today where we end up when we wander away from our good shepherd. When we, uh, when we uh, leave him, we end up in the jaws of the wolf who catches and scatters the sheep. So making a habit of reading the Bible daily and coming to church regularly is a great thing. But even while you physically sit here in church, don't think you can't wander away. Well, your body is here, your mind could be elsewhere. You wander away from Christ when you no longer pay attention to what he's saying. When you no longer listen and hear his voice, when you become bored with his word, when you're distracted by anything else that's going on in life, when you think you already know what's going to be said, so I don't need to hear, I don't really need to pay attention all that much, because I already know it. When you think, look, I know, I know the pastors, I know what he's going to say every Sunday, I know what he's going to do next Sunday, he's going to stand here and say, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I know he's going to stand behind the altar and say, uh, take and eat, this is my body, and I know we're going to kneel here, I know all of these things, I know he's going to preach about Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting from the dead, I already know this. If I already know it, why do I have to come to church? What's the point? Tell someone else. And it's precisely the problem that we find in ourselves. The tendency to wander away from our good shepherd, who's done nothing wrong to us. You see, it's our wicked and sinful nature to become bored with God. To get tired of God. It's our sinful nature to grumble against the things that God gives us. See, look, here's a little history lesson. When Israel was in the wilderness, they had no food around them. They had nothing surrounding them. They had no way to, to work and get food for themselves. And God answered their prayer and made it rain down bread from heaven. They didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to break a sweat. They didn't have to wonder how much they were going to get or what the food was going to be. The bread literally fell down from the sky and landed on their heads. And what did they do? After the second, the third, the fourth time, they grumbled. They were sick of it. They're done with it. While bread is falling from the sky, they didn't want it anymore. They wanted something else. And we do the same. When we do this, we see how complacent we are. 
how entitled we become, how arrogant, how rude we are to the God who made us, the God who loves us. We see how complacent we are with God, how much we grumble and complain against the good things he gives to us. We see how often we wander away from him seeking to find other voices as we look for other words, other things that we want to hear. We go to places that will scratch the itch that we have. We get tired of hearing his voice. Can you believe it? That we actually get tired of God talking to us. He tells us that he sends down his only begotten son, the bread of heaven, to give us eternal life for free. That we don't have to break a sweat or lift a finger to go to heaven and be with him forever, to resurrect for eternal life. And we get bored of it. We get tired of the greatest possible news we can ever hear. And it's shameful. And it's embarrassing. It's disrespectful to God. And it's sinful. And yet... No matter how many times you've become tired of hearing the voice of Jesus, no matter how many times that you've let that word of God go in one ear and out the other, no matter how many times you've completely gotten bored and shut your ears to the voice of your God and your good shepherd calling out to you, Jesus hasn't stopped calling out to you. He hasn't closed his mouth from calling your name because he loves you. And he loves telling you how much he loves you. No matter how many times you've stopped hearing him, today your good shepherd stands here again and calls out to you once more. Even if you haven't been here Sunday after Sunday, even if you can't remember the last time you were in church, Jesus has been here every single Sunday waiting for you, calling out to you, standing here with the deepest love and affection to hold you in his arms again. While you were in your greatest sin and shame, while you were in your greatest anguish and sorrow, while you wandered away in guilt and iniquity, Jesus was here for you. And today, while you were away, he went and got you and brought you back here to hear him again. He has come to tell you that he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for you, the dear sheep. See, we hear these words so often from Jesus because he wants to tell us so often. Jesus hasn't uh, uh, stopped telling you about his death and resurrection. He hasn't stopped telling you about how he spilled his blood for you, how he let his body be torn apart by the wolf on that cross for you because he wants you to never forget it. He wants you to remember how much he loves you and that his love is forever. He hasn't stopped telling you all of these things that he's done for you because he loves you. Because he's telling you how much he loves you. Because he never grows weak of forgiving your sin. Because he never gets bored of covering you with the righteousness that he wants for you. Because he never gets tired of reminding you that he is your good shepherd. And that all your sins are taken away. And that you are his dear lamb. He never wearies of picking you up and holding you in his arms. He's never spent or worn out of calling out your name of blessing you with salvation, of washing away your sin, of feeding you his body and his blood. Just as a father never gets tired of telling his son he loves him, so too God never gets tired of telling you he loves you. 
And you're here today because Jesus is your good shepherd and because you are his dear sheep. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And that's why you come to church. That's why you sing these hymns. That's why we repeat this liturgy, why you hear the same text year after year, because Christ's sheep hear his voice. A sheep never tires of hearing his shepherd, even when the shepherd says the same thing over and over again. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My sheep hear my voice. It's what we do. As the child never tires of hearing his mother's good night, as the happy wife never tires of her husband's I love yous, we hear the words so familiar and that are so precious to us. There's no tiring of it. Day after day, we never tire of hearing the words of Christ, the same words that we already know. Even if they're repeated, even if they don't convey new information, these words are precious because of who said them. Even though they're not surprising, though you didn't learn anything new, anything you didn't know already, they're worth hearing over and over and over again because they're coming from the mouth of the one who loves you more than he loved himself. These are words that give you faith, that faith which comes by hearing. And the words that Jesus speaks, the words that he repeats, the words that he reminds you of aren't frivolous or empty words. They're inexhaustible because they come from the God whose love is inexhaustible for you. The words he speaks are of eternal life. So if you came here this Sunday and you didn't learn anything new, if you weren't surprised by the sermon or the text or the hymns or the liturgy, the service and the sermon went exactly how you knew it would go. Thanks be to God. That's good. The Holy Spirit has taught you well. Don't grumble or complain or get bored that you now know these words. Rejoice that you've heard the word and the voice of your good shepherd so often that you can't forget it. Pray that God never takes this word away from you. Pray that you never stop hearing this word. Pray that you would never take it for granted or complain or grumble or get bored of it. Rejoice that no matter how many times he's said it before, he stands here again and says it once more. He, has, he hasn't changed his word, hasn't changed his love and his deep and his inexhaustible love and grace and mercy for you hasn't changed. Every Sunday, every morning, when you get up to face another day, you hear the word of your God. You hear the voice of the one to whom you belong, who holds your life in his hands, who will never give up on you. He knows you and he knows that you have, you, you have no need to hide from him. You have no need to avoid hearing his voice because of any sin or shame that you've brought upon yourself in your life. He knew what sin and shame and guilt you would heap upon yourself from eternity. And he bore it. And he laid down his life for you still. He sought you out and that's why you're here this morning. He's called you by his word to make you his own. And you hear the voice of the one who belongs to you. The voice of the one you belong to. Your good shepherd. So hear his voice and love it above everything. Know him. 
Know his cross and his resurrection and his unrelenting love, his unending and unquenchable thirst for your salvation. Amen. Let me be thine forever, O faithful God and Lord. Let me forsake thee never, nor wander from thy word. For thou hast dearly brought me with death and bitter pain. Let me, since thou hast sought me, eternal life attain. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.